All right. Good morning, Grace Fellowship. Glad somebody's awake out there. Uh, first of all, as Eric said, uh, I, I do have the, the honor and pleasure of serving as an elder here at Grace Fellowship Church, but I've never done this. Uh, so thanks for bearing with me this morning. Uh, Eric said that he thought of me uh, four months ago, Father's Day message. I thought of a bunch of people also, but I didn't get to pass it off to somebody else. Uh, so Eric... Thank you. Uh, I am excited, as he said, uh, mainly just to share God's love with you guys, uh, and that will be kind of the theme of the of the morning. Uh, he already introduced uh, <laughs> my wife, and um, she always sits up here in the second row with all of our kids. Uh, Anna, uh, who will be 15 this year, I can't believe it. Uh, if you guys have any tips for teenage daughters, uh, please send them my way. Uh, we have a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, an 8-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 3-year-old. And I don't think I left anybody out. That was my first test of the morning. Uh, so thanks for being here with us this morning. Uh, we love Grace Fellowship Church. Our family uh, loves Grace Fellowship Church, and uh, we're glad you're here with us this morning. Uh, everything we say these days in front of a group of people uh, uh, seems to divide, right? You hear something in public or you see something on social media uh, and, and it leaves the audience wondering where they stand on the issue. Do I agree with this guy or girl? Do I, do I like this article or, or this comment that I've just heard? Uh, have I just been offended uh, by what I've heard? Uh, and, and on and on I could go with uh, that path when, when we hear things today. I want to start with something uh, Eric did it just a little bit ago. Uh, I want to spend a little bit more time on it, uh, and that's an exhortation. Not a word that we use very often, uh, so I'm going to define it first. In modern usage, exhort can mean to incite. Already we're like incite, we think. Anger, we're going to get excited about something. Incite by argument or advice, urge strongly. Uh, you might hear exhort used interchangeably with summon, uh, beseech, implore. This morning, um, I'm going to take us a little bit deeper into the heart of the New Testament uh, with the word exhort. Uh, parakaleo, you guys have probably heard the word, fairly familiar with that. Uh, para comes from close beside. Kaleo, up close and personal. Uh, and kaleo to call. In other words, I'm going to make a call that's up close and personal. And, and honestly, a lot of times the writers of the New Testament are doing this. They're exhorting believers, and sometimes they're in jail, right? And so how are they exhorting us uh, when they're not up close and personal? Uh, but I believe as I look out and I, as I know our church well and as I look into the audience and see faces this morning, uh, this intimate call for fellow believers um, from me uh, to you is to, is to combine two meanings, uh, to implore uh, and to encourage. Because of the urgency and heart of fellowship behind what I want to say today, believers, this exhortation is for you. Fathers, this exhortation is for you. Keep running. We hear a lot of words in scripture, a lot of action words. Keep fighting. Keep training and keep on keeping on. Most of all, keep loving like Jesus. Keep changing diapers. This part's especially for dads. <laughs> keep changing diapers. We've had a lot of diapers in our house. Keep coming home from a long day of work, ready to serve your wife and kids. Keep doing dishes. Or cooking the dinner. I have the dishes roll uh, at our house uh, most of the time. But keep, keep helping. Keep showing up at community group. I'm going to talk a lot about community group this morning because I'm extremely passionate uh, about what happens there. Uh, but keep showing up. Keep showing up to church. I see people in front of me this morning that need to hear this. <clears throat> you are doing a good thing. Your light is shining bright. I see it. Others see it. Your family sees it. Your spouse sees it. 
Your friends see it. Keep showing up. Uh, The landscape's getting darker. We talk about that all the time. Uh, But I don't like to focus on that. I like to focus on the fact that the lights that I just talked about uh, have a chance to shine even brighter in the dark in the dark landscape. I did some research a few years back. Uh, it, it was heavy on my heart. I'm a, I'm a school principal, and uh, a few years back, I was in a in a in a district where uh, sometimes it was difficult to find dads. It was hard to find the parents uh, of kids that that we were uh, serving, and so it was heavy on my heart at that time. And, and the topic that summer for me. Uh, was was maybe it's because my mind is is simple, uh, but I had one topic in mind the entire summer, and that was fatherhood. I wanted to read everything I could read. I wanted to know everything I could know. Uh, so maybe you know I could be a little bit better. Maybe I could serve the the kids uh, that I was uh, uh, part of at that time a little bit better. And that summer, I read some books: Father Fiction, if you're familiar with Donald Miller, Fatherless Generation, several books, uh, my Bible. Um, And I found one thing. It's like the most profound thing. So if you're taking notes, write this down. Fathers matter. That's it. That's what I found. Fathers matter. Men who are following after Christ, showing the fruits of the Spirit in their marriage and with their children, make a difference. Dads who attend a million basketball games, dads who serve others like Christ, dads who ask forgiveness, dads who work thankless jobs and their fingers to the bone to provide for their wife and kids, dads who protect and always make it a goal to keep their families safe, dads who pray, this one's really important, (laughs) Dads who pray because they recognize without their Heavenly Father, they would fail. Make a difference. They matter. I know this from the most positive context because those things, all the things that I just described, uh, describe the Father God chose for me on this earth. He's here, right there. My dad's here this morning. Uh, Some of you know this out of a negative context, though, as Eric mentioned just a minute ago. I'm hurting with you. I truly am. I feel for you. Maybe dad wasn't around. Maybe dad wasn't following Christ. Maybe your father has passed away. Maybe you're longing to be a father. Psalm 34, 18 reminds us of this. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves the crushed in spirit. Let me say something to everyone, regardless of their earthly situations this morning. Our Heavenly Father and your relationship to Him is what matters most. I'll say that one more time. Our Heavenly Father and your relationship with Him is what matters most. He loves you. Hopefully you hear that today. If you don't hear anything else, if you check out for the next 30 minutes, He loves you. Wants you, his child, to come to you, come to him as a child, and give yourself to him. Do you know how much your Father in heaven loves you? Really, do you know that? Do you come to him as a father? Trust him with everything that you have, like like an Abraham, right? Like I have one son. Uh, you know, I want you to bring Isaac, and I want you to bring a knife with you, and I want you to sacrifice him on an altar for me. Do, would you do that, <laughs> right? Was that the kind of trust that we have for our, for our Heavenly Father? Because I believe this. I really believe this. When we get a glimpse of how much He loves us, changes everything. Everything. Changes how we see our circumstances. It changes how we view and treat our neighbors. Maybe a difficult coworker. Not, not that any of you have those. It even changes how we relate to our families. If you're married, especially your spouse. What if I said that everything that's imperfect about us, everything that's imperfect about us, 
our broken relationships, our anxiety, our hurts, our suffering, our pain, everything could be made better. What if I said all of those things could be made better by seeking to understand and properly view God the Father's love for us? That's what we're going to seek to do this morning. I'm not a trained preacher. You've probably already been able to tell that. But I have a prayer this morning that I want to share. It's a reminder that the words you hear this morning, I hope, are not necessarily mine. uh, But that with boldness uh, in the power of God, I can proclaim the gospel. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. I'm just going to read this to you as my my prayer. Uh, When I came to you, brothers... I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I'm going to read that verse again. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. All right, so I have a story to start. I guess I kind of already started. Uh, But this story is about a guy, uh, and some of you may remember this. Uh, So in our community group a long, long time ago, uh, his name was Father Bob. He was a Catholic priest, right? And so... Uh, He was invited to our group to share his testimony. And you're like, wait a second. You invited a Catholic priest to your community group. This isn't that kind of church. So Father Bob, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is a believer in Jesus Christ, first and foremost. Uh, He feels it's his calling to be in the priesthood, to to share the witness of Christ with, with Catholics. It's amazing, amazing man. Uh, father figure example uh, on the occasions that I've uh, had the opportunity to interact with him. And uh, he came to our group. And this is a story that like sticks with you. Uh, I'll never forget, I'll never forget this small group. Uh, He came to share his testimony, probably 80-ish at the time. Uh, Today he's 93, 93, uh, still kicking um, but, but Father Bob came at the, about the age of 80 to share his testimony with our small group. A group of people that he doesn't know at all. He's never met any of us with, with the exception of my wife. He's a friend, friend of their family. Uh, and he began to tell his story and he began to cry and cry like weep. And I, I was like, what is this guy doing? Like, why is he crying? Like, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know our small group. He's cry, like weeping. Uh, and and I, I get to why I'm telling this story in just a second. But I thought to, to myself, gee, is he okay? Like, he's, he seems really upset. He was literally overwhelmed, overwhelmed uh, by God's love for him. And it brought him to tears. And I've interacted with him a handful of times. And every single time, uh, it brings him to tears. So after small group that night, though, this is kind of why I tell the story. I, I, Danielle, my wife, I'm, like, I, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I don't necessarily, I don't, I'm not moved like that. I, I don't, uh, I don't have that. Uh, then I, then I took it to the Lord, right? Then I was, then I was praying and I was thinking to myself, am, am I, am I not moved uh, like that? Is there something, is there I promise you, every single time since that time, since that prayer, I weep. It's what it is. My, com- my community are laughing right now. My community group, uh, they think it's funny. Uh, so if you want to join them this morning, make fun of me. Uh, just go ahead. I brought my handkerchief. Uh, and, and so I, I want you to know that um, it brings me to tears. The song, uh, You've Been So Good to Me. Um, it brings me to tears. So, so there it is. I said it. I got it out of the way. I cleared the air. If you know, uh, if you know me at all, you know why I'm crying. It, it's also my prayer for you. It's my prayer for our church that we would all be moved uh, that way, uh, Father Bob way, uh, by the gospel. All right, I'm going to try to keep us focused today on three main areas. 
uh, around what the Father we have is all about. And I think the verb tense is important. Uh, a former English teacher, and um, as the, all three are ongoing. They're not past tense. Uh, the verbs that we're going to talk about, the three main points today, uh, they're not past tense. Uh, they're not future tense. Like, oh, we, we're really excited about going to heaven and so our eternal future, we get to do these things or God does these things for us. No, they're, they're ongoing. And so um, the three things are, are, are this. He adopts us, which is where we're primarily going to look at Ephesians 1. We'll get there in just a second. He redeems us. Uh, we're going to look at Galatians 4, just a little. And we're also going to talk about how he sanctifies us, looking at a little bit of Romans 8. So, first point, uh, he adopts us. If you would, uh, open your copy of the scriptures. I think Pastor Brad, this is the point where he waits to hear pages flipping. Looks around, because if he doesn't hear pages flipping, then he better see some apps on phones. Uh, this is my chance. We have a joke in community group. Uh, when, when I cry, I say, like, if you want to go to a community group where the leader doesn't cry, that group's down the street. Uh, if you want to have a, you know, community group that, you know, has, you know, whatever, we, we say that's the group down the street. And so uh, if you want to go to a church that doesn't use their Bible on Sunday morning, that's the church down the street. Uh, so bring your Bibles with you. Uh, we're going to use them, and uh, hopefully, hopefully you know that by now. All right, so Ephesians 1. We're going to be looking at verses 3 through 14, and if you are physically able, I love it, if you would stand with me as we read the Word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. I'm going to read that one again. Predestined us for adoption as sons, adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven, and things on earth. Thank you. You can be seated. See, that verse, those verses are extremely important for a few reasons. And one uh, reason that they're important, and it doesn't say this, but here it goes. Your story starts with brokenness. My story starts with brokenness. Separation from a holy God. We were all orphans. Every single one of us, orphans. But I have good news this morning, right? We've all been given a new name as believers. Robed in righteousness, joint heirs with Christ. Like joint heirs with Christ. (laughs) Jesus has associated us with himself as siblings. (laughs) Guys, (laughs) are are you listening? Jesus has associated us with himself as siblings. The difference is that he's the divine and sinless son of the, of the Father by nature, whereas we are sinners who've been adopted by him. Many of you know uh, that we've adopted our two youngest children. It was God's love that compelled us, his love that sustained us when it got hard. And here's my shameless plug. Get involved. Adopt kids. <laughs> Foster kids. Get involved. We have, a, we have a ministry here, Safe Families at Grace Fellowship Church. Get involved. It's the most rewarding thing you'll ever do. Uh, financially, prayerfully, did I say this yet? Get involved. Uh, adoption's hard. Um, it really is. 
Hard is such a cheap word, uh, but it's the most amazing experience uh, that, that you'll ever be a part of. All right, I'll stop. That was my shameless plug. There it was. We're going we're gonna to move on. Uh, Danielle, my wife, I think I've mentioned her this morning, as did Eric, uh, wrote this during the process of our adoption, but before we brought Isaiah uh, or Zeke into our home. Uh, she felt sheepish about me sharing this, if you know anything about her. Uh, but it was on a blog that she kept, uh, and I'm so thankful that she did, because as I was preparing, I was thinking, you said some really cool things. Um, and, and so I didn't just, like, paraphrase it. I just copied and pasted it, uh, because she said it better than I could ever say it. I'm going to read it. So here you go. Buckle up. I have a Father in heaven who loved me from before I was born. He knew my story before it was written. He moved heaven and earth to send his son into this twisted world to redeem it. He had to dip down into the creation he perfectly made and get the mess all over himself and his boy to save us from destruction because he knew without it we'd be condemned forever. He loved us enough to do that, to live, to die, to live again. He loves us still, enough to invite us into his forever family, regardless of our past, regardless of our race, social status, demeanor, looks, anything. He gave everything to make us belong, to make us his sons and daughters. You see, I can't get over this story. I can't get over that it's mine. That God loved me enough to come into my world, messy and broken, to rescue me. Every day it moves me to be more, to do more, to love more, even though if I didn't, He loved me still. It's this gospel love that compelled us to adopt. Whenever someone says something about our adoption, we we heard lots of things. We heard lots of things. Whenever someone said something about it, like, I can't believe you're doing that, or wow, that's so good of you, I feel sheepish. It wasn't my idea. Adoption is God's idea. We truly want to adopt because we know what it's like to be adopted ourselves. The more we go on waiting, and we waited, (laughs) hoping, and we hoped, the more I learn about God's redeeming love, adoption is messy. There's brokenness and loss and sadness. There's a great expense of money. Time, energy, and emotions. There's the waiting, holding your breath as you wonder if the next situation will be it. Oftentimes, I've looked at situations and thought, what would it really be like to bring that baby home, to meet that mom? It has in it the power to change not only us, but the birth mom, the child, and her family. The closer we get to adoption, the more I'm forced to rely on Jesus. Either that or sink into the abyss. He knowingly stepped into the mess to adopt us. He counted the cost, and it was immeasurable, but he did it anyway. The hope for a baby isn't compelling us. The desire to add to our family is not the real reason. That we are good, certainly not it. It's the gospel plain and simple. I love this child. I love him enough to give, to trust, to obey, to get messy. I love without ever seeing that he'll love me back or appreciate everything we've done to bring him home. I love him with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. That was the end of, uh, Danielle's post that day. 
And that last quote, anybody familiar? Somebody raise your hand. All right. Uh, Jesus Storybook Bible. If you, if you haven't had the pleasure, buy it. I don't know if we have any copies left. We do. Yes, please buy it before you leave today. Uh, get on Amazon. Uh, order it. Purchase it. Get it. Jesus Storybook Bible. Did I say it clearly enough? Not right now, but you can't. That's rude. Yeah, we still, you still have a little bit. Get people on Amazon right now. Buy. Please order the book when you get a second. Uh, it's phenomenal. And, and it's phenomenal for a million reasons. But it tells every story with Jesus as the center. And, it, and, and a lot of them uh, end with that quote, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. I could go on for hours. <laughs> I really could. I really could go on for hours about the story that God wrote for us around these adoptions. It included the family of God. It included a community group like you've never seen. It included finances that didn't make sense. Adoptions are not cheap. It included hurt. Um, It included hurt so deep uh, that we wanted to stop. And it included the gospel. God writes the best stories, guys. He writes the best stories. What about you this morning? What about you? Do you often think about how far your father came to give you a new name? Is this adoption truth from scripture impacting your relationships, your marriage? Dare I say your relationship with the church, local church family? I have great wait time. I really want you to think about that. Is the adoption truth from Scripture impacting your relationships, your marriage, dare I say your relationship to a local church family? Or maybe you've compartmentalized it, right? You've compartmentalized adoption. You know, I, I, I'm adopted, and so I put that over here, and I'm, a, I'm adopted by God our Father. And that is, is, is a great gospel truth, and I believe it, and it's fantastic. And now I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to go to work and do the things I want to do, and I'm going to come home, and I'm going to treat my wife and kids the way I want to treat them. And I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to respond to that frustration the way I want to respond to that frustration. I'm going to do all the things. I am adopted, but is it really impacting Is it really impacting all the things that you say uh, and do? I'm I'm not that old. I know the gray hair says otherwise. uh, But I I really do believe this. uh, As I move through my days, uh, the realization uh, that we have salvation from a perfect father. uh, Ethan Ethan hit it this morning. Uh, He seeks us out. He's, he's, that, he's the father that sees you like from far away and runs uh, and runs to come after you. The story of the prodigal son will, will really change how we think and act. I truly, truly believe that. How I forgive, how I sacrifice for others, how I work through tough situations with my spouse. The very fact that I've been adopted would drive my mission. Some of you guys have been around the last few weeks, but Eric, uh, our our campus pastor, has talked a lot about being fishers of men. If I want to be, he's given examples. He's really practical. He's he's great. I don't if you know that Eric Northrup's great. He gives practical examples about how we can share our faith, where to do it. Here's a practical thing you can do at a restaurant or at the park or, or or whatever in your community. And here's some specific things. I really believe. Uh, That understanding your adoption into the family of God and and knowing his love for you will drive your ability uh, to share the gospel with others. I just want 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 everyone to know, right? I want everyone to know what I know and get in on that. That's really going to drive being fishers of men. Uh, Those people that you're trying to be a fisher of men with, they too have a father who wants to adopt them. Who wants to redeem? Which brings me to the second point. uh, Redeems us. Our Heavenly Father redeems us. We're going to go to Galatians. Real close to where we just were. Should hear 
at least pages sort of flipping. Galatians 4. Verses 3 through 7. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. Born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That's you. That's me. So that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. (laughs) And if a son, then an heir through God. Amen? Somebody, right? Because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We skip, skim over that a little bit, right? Like, Abba, Father, who says that? We don't talk like that. But, the, but the, personal, the personal meaning behind that, that he truly has redeemed you, you truly can come to him uh, as Abba. Father. And in this section uh, of redemption, what I do know is that the Father's plan was to save his chosen people. That the Son voluntarily agreed to become a man in order to carry out the Father's intentions. And I'm not going to read this, but uh, Philippians 2 5 through 8 uh, is a great picture of, of what Jesus did for us. The sins of human beings had to be paid for. Not because we have a vindictive father who had, who had to make things right for, for vindication, uh, but because human children matter to him. What we do is important. If our acts are wrong, he can't simply ignore them. He's a holy, perfect God. He can't simply ignore those things. The price of rebellion against God is death because God is the source of life. And so to be cut off from him is to be cut off from life itself. Spiritually dead people have no power to pay the price for their sins. Only a sinless person can do that. It's the gospel. That's why the Son of God became a man. He suffered and died, not just for our sake, but also for the Father's. Because the Father's justice was satisfied by Jesus' atoning death. The father acknowledged this by raising him from the dead, taking him back into heaven where he has placed him at his right hand as the ruler and judge of the world. Guys, we can only pray to the father because of these truths through the son and in the spirit because it's in that redeeming love that we can know him. You see, I believe this, uh, the Lord's prayer. What are the first two words? Our father, there's there's some... There's some Catholics in the room. We're recovering Catholics in the room. Our Father is the, is, the, is the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. But that's not just a, in my, this is my Zach Ashley opinion, okay? That's not just a guidebook on prayer. It's not just something for us to memorize and recite. And so we've, we've checked the boxes and so now we've prayed correctly. I believe the Lord's Prayer is so much more than that. And for our purpose today, I believe that the Lord's Prayer really speaks to that relational aspect that Jesus put us with himself in light of a father. Exemplifying a relationship component that we too experience as joint heirs with Christ. I think we've heard that from both sections of scripture. We can have this relationship with a holy God only because... We've been redeemed. He does it. He redeems. That gives him the glory, right? That gives him the glory and reminds us who we are. Amazing. <laughs> I don't, if that doesn't strike you this morning, uh, you're, you're still sleeping. What a deal is a quote that I've stolen. Do you got anybody know Rick Werns? <laughs> so uh, he's one of our missionaries here at Grace Fellowship Church that we support. Uh, one of the most godly 
uh, uh, examples of Christ. He's, he's a fantastic man. But when he gets overwhelmed about something, he gets even more quiet than he already is. And he says, what a deal. He redeems us. What a deal. I'm going to switch gears for just a second with this redemption point. Uh, and, and I'm going to jump back to what I said earlier. When I, a summer of fatherhood kind of research, I want to learn, I want to read, I want to know what this thing is. Uh, I have some statistics. Uh, I like numbers. A book called Fatherless Generation by John Sowers. Listen to these numbers. 63% of youth suicides... 63% of youth suicides come from fatherless children in our country. So he has a whole definition of what fatherless actually means. Uh, and he actually says that about 25 million children, 25 million children in our country would fall into that category. 63% of youth suicides, 71% of pregnant teens, 90% of homeless children, 85% of all youths sitting in prison, 71% of high school dropouts. Crazy. Fathers matter, right? This generation, he says this later in the book, this generation has a father. He just may not have been properly introduced to them. So good, so good. In another book, uh, Father Fiction by Donald Miller, he makes this point. If we only had earthly fathers, imagine all the kids, 25 million in that category uh, of, of things I just described. If we only had our earthly fathers to give us an example of our father in heaven, only half of us would actually even like him, right? Lots of people on Father's Day uh, are hurting. So we know that's not it. We know this isn't it. We have a perfect, redeeming, adopting Father. God our Father redeems our lives from the pit of despair and from statistics like the, one, the ones that I just read. They, dry, they describe a bleak situation. Those statistics are, are, are uh, eye-opening. Probably some of you are already uh, familiar and knew them, uh, but God. Amen? But God. Guys, I'm going to say this because I had to get it in somewhere. Read your Bible. How much of it? All right, all right. Just making sure you've been paying attention. Uh, uh, we would be very familiar if we followed that, like, encouragement, that exhortation, that imploring uh, of, of, of the pulpit at Grace Fellowship Church to get you reading your Bible. We would be very familiar if we heeded that call uh, with redemption. It's the whole story of the gospel. It's the whole story of the Israelites. It's the whole story of you uh, and of me. It's a major characteristic uh, of our Heavenly Father. I love community group. I said that, right? And it's all about personal application and how can I be more like Jesus tomorrow than I am today? So I have questions again. But you really do have to think about the questions. It's like, I want you to interact with me almost. Like, answer the question if you want to answer the question. How is this playing out for you? Are you introducing others to a redeeming father through your actions? Are you introducing others to a redeeming father through your actions? Would our comments, this one might get a little bit more specific, would our comments or liked articles on social media be communicating a redeeming love that all people, all people, regardless of their view on a cause or a candidate, would see a picture of their father in heaven? It's really quiet. Would our comments on social media be communicating a redeeming love that all people, regardless of their view on a cause, even good ones, or a candidate, even bad ones, would see a picture of our Heavenly Father who redeems us. Ask yourself those questions this morning. As Christians, 
uh, who are being redeemed by Jesus Christ, we need to acknowledge that we are sinful. Continuing to grow in holiness. Which brings me to this last point, and I will spend a little bit of time here this morning, uh, but he sanctifies us. Sanctifies. Right now, it's happening. He's sanctifying us. Uh, I have this visual I had to bring this morning, and uh, it's a piece of wood, pretty simple. Uh, and, and I didn't bring this to like show uh, how crafty my wife is, uh, but this is in my office. She is crafty, though. She is crafty. Uh, this is, is something from my office at, at Beechwood Elementary, where I'm, where I'm working currently. Uh, and, and this has a handprint, if you can't see in the back, uh, of my youngest, uh, Ezekiel, Isaiah, Isabel, Olivia, Elizabeth, Ellie, and Anna. Uh, all six kids' handprints are on here. And they're three years old all the way to almost 15 years old. And this is a, a picture for me, uh, not just of, of how much my wife loves me and wants my office to look nice, because I probably wouldn't decorate it at all. Uh, but it's a reminder, uh, it's not just a reminder of my six healthy kids, and I'm super thankful. I'm super thankful for my six healthy kids. But it's also a reminder of how much I've grown through the sanctifying work of our Father. He didn't leave me how he found me. He didn't leave me how he found me. I'm not the perfect husband. You can ask my wife or Kara Hanks. I'm not the perfect father. Uh, you can ask my children. They would all test to that. Uh, but by, this, by the grace of God, by the grace of God and his sanctification in my heart and life, I've grown. I'm just going to give you a couple quick examples uh, that, that, that God has seen fit for me to be different in. I see suffering and death and hard things much different than I did even 10 years ago. I see those things so much differently because the Spirit is sanctifying me. Let's, let's go here real quick. I'm sorry. Uh, I've, I've got to. I was going to skip it, but now I'm not. Romans chapter 8. And I know this slide says 12 through 17. Sorry, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Uh, verse 9 is where we're going to begin. So Romans 8, verse 9 through 17. And I believe this really speaks to the Spirit and His sanctifying work in our lives. Yet, however, you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. In fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. I have one quick thing aside on fear. Fear and faith are both a belief in the future. Have you heard that before? Fear is a belief in the future of like the worst case scenario. Faith that we have as believers is a, is a belief in a future that's much different. You have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Sound familiar? The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We talk a lot about sovereignty at, the, at, at Grace Fellowship Church. 
Maturation's not easy. It's not easy. It doesn't come without pain. It doesn't come without suffering. It doesn't come without hard things. Parents in the room, I think you can attest to this. Like every time a new phase comes into your home, I call them phases because I think they have a beginning and I'm also prayerful that they have an end. So, so the phases, I'll just give a couple examples, and it um, sounds like you understand what I'm saying. Uh, but the toddler phase, right? And it's like, oh, sweet, cute little baby. Mom holds you like 10 hours a day. Dad gets a chance every once in a while. Uh, but, but that has now gone in the beginning of I'm into everything. Make sure you have outlet covers. Uh, you know, make sure that there's no sharp corners. Make sure that there, all the things, right? So, so there's a phase. I always hope that one's over. Uh, at some point. There's another phase. I'll give you one more example and then I'll stop because we have like every single phase in the house at the same time with, with six kids. The teenage phase, I don't know, like all of a sudden at like maybe it's 12 for your kid, 13, 14, 15, they wake up and they're the smartest person in the house. It's the craziest thing. They are smarter than everyone who lives in the house. And so that's a phase it has a beginning, it starts at some point, and then I'm also prayerful for you and for me that that is a phase. Uh, I could keep going on phases, I'll stop. Uh, in practical terms, the relationship the Son has given us with God the Father is analogous to his own. In the Son, we've become heirs of the Father's kingdom. This high calling comes with a price tag. For just as the Son glorified his Father while on earth, we too are called to glorify him. Look in John 17, among, among numerous other places. We can't do this in our own strength, but in and through the relationship that the Father has entered with us, we can do it through the Son and through his Spirit. Have you heard things like this before at Grace Fellowship Church? Suffering doesn't mean he doesn't love you. Asking you to do hard things is actually a direct result of his love for you. It's crazy. No, it's not. Right? We say these things here all the time. Discipline can be transformative. He's making us more like him in situations of suffering and on I could go. It's true. They're true. And I'm a firsthand witness of the truth in those statements. I hope you are too. All right, community group, real quick. Uh, my wife and I have never been so sure of anything in our life. Uh, when we needed to be carried, like carried, carried by fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, they were there. When we didn't have the money for an adoption, they were there. When death came to our family, they were there. Hard things, sanctifying things from our good, good father were always touched always touched by our community group family. We've grown in ways unimaginable, dare I say, impossible without having this group. It's hard. Yep. It's exhausting. Yep. It's also what I believe can bring people closer to Christ as much as anything that they'll ever experience. It's been true for me, and I know that it can be true for you too. What about your growth this morning? Can you see things in your life that look more like Christ than when you first believed? Like the three-year-old hand, like you're not a three-year-old anymore. It would be weird if your hand was still that small, right? Have you seen growth in your life? Are you doing community group? Are you doing community group? Are you and, and, and I say, when I really doing it. When I say, are you doing community group? Like I lead a group, I host a group, I coordinate childcare for a group. I show up every single week and I'm vulnerable for the sake of Christ because I believe it's good for me and I believe it's good for other people. Are you doing small group, community group that way? Mentoring a new Christian in the group, showing up. I believe that this is where sanctification happens. My prayer for this campus as I wrap up we're going to look at Ephesians 3. Community group's going to laugh about that too. I read this almost every week. Almost every week. I know the worship team is going to join us, um, and we're going, to, we're going to wrap up with a song. Uh, but my prayer for this campus at Independence uh, and for Grace Fellowship Church, my prayer for our community group has been this for years. My prayer for my children. My prayer for you this morning. 
I don't know if people know this or not. It's actually written on the concrete, like I think right where I'm standing. So it, some of you were here when we launched this campus. This was like empty, right? In the old like warehouse feel. It's concrete, expo- you know, all the things. Um, and we had a prayer night, and, and it was a moving night for a lot of reasons. It was a moving night. One of the reasons that it was very moving, because for years and years, Ephesians 3 has been the prayer of my heart uh, for our group. But it's written in, in Sharpie, I believe it's Sharpie, under this stage. Uh, so if you have your copy of the scriptures, please, uh, Ephesians 3, it might even be on the screen. Verse 14 through 21, and I'll close with this. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength. This is the part that gets me every time. To comprehend with all the saints... What is the breadth and length and height and depth? And to know the love of Christ. To know the love of Christ. That surpasses knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. According to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Grace Fellowship Church, will you pray with me? God, we are so thankful this morning uh, for your son. We're thankful that you've adopted us, that you uh, redeemed us, and that you sanctify us. Uh, We're grateful, Father, for our salvation most of all. Pray that you would encourage us and strengthen us uh, as we go Uh, our separate ways on this Father's Day and and Monday when work comes, uh, that we would be more like Christ tomorrow than we were today, that we would be fishers of men, uh, that we would be sharing this gospel love from our Father uh, with those around us. Thank you for Grace Fellowship Church. It's in your son's name that we pray.